And this is especially for those who you've just started coming in the last you know, a couple of months or so, or uh, this is your first time, second time, third time, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. If you have not received a, a, a coffee mug like this, they're back there at Connection Central. There we also have, if you need a Bible, we have a Bible back there for you. Um, we also have a welcome information brochure. So if you'd like to find out more about the church and you um, uh, haven't received any of these things yet, please go back there. Uh, we'll have someone, Pastor Corey, we'll have some there after service. Good. Someone will be there. So please go back there and you can see these things and hopefully it'll help you to understand our ministry here. Let's see. In your pew, if you look to in the front of you, uh, on the back of the pew that's in front of you, there's a connection card. Someone hold up a connection card. Thank you. Take that connection card, if you would, would, wouldn't mind, and just fill it out and just give us some information, especially if this is your first or second time here. We'd love to get to know you a little bit, welcome you officially. And after you, uh, and on the back side, if there's some way we can be of some, in, uh, some help to you, check it, write us a note, you know, tell me you don't like my shirt, whatever you, whatever you want to say. And uh, just leave it on your pew, and we'll get it later on. As you're doing that, let me just make some simple announcements. Um, naturally, today we have lunch today, and our guys, our men made lunch today. Yeah. Okay. Young Marriage Fellowship, 2 p.m., single adult dinner today, uh, 5 p.m. here at the church. Um, other information, our memorial service for, for uh, Larry Onamura, please keep that in, uh, in your prayers. Uh, Irene and the family, uh, that's uh, Saturday, this Saturday, July 8th, 11 a.m. at the church here. Okay? So those are things you can look at the other announcements at, at, your, at your leisure. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to Ephesians chapter 6. This is our last sermon on the book of Ephesians. We've been working through Ephesians for, for a while now. We're going to get into Ephesians chapter 6, some very familiar verses in our short time today. Let me read for you Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. I'm going to read verses 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let's pray. Father, as we're wrapping up this, this incredibly spiritually and just informative, just challenging, and, 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 and just a heart-touching book, letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, Father. We pray that you'll, you'll speak to our hearts and open our eyes, Father, to this, to this truth that Paul is sharing with that church and you are sharing with us this morning. So bless us, Father, and we, we ask the Holy Spirit just to open our minds and hearts to the lesson you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a saying that everyone loves a mystery. And basically, that was the theme of Paul's letter as we've been going through it. You know, Paul wrote 
about the mystery of Jews and Gentiles coming together as one in Christ. Paul wrote about in, in this letter to the church in Ephesus the mystery of the body of Christ and how the church, we are that body of Christ, and Christ is the head of the body. And today, in our short time because of our, our, our Lord's Supper, we'll conclude our study in the, in the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to that church, by reading about the mystery, we can say, of the spiritual realm. The realm that seems so unbelievable in our high-tech world, but is so real, whether we believe it or not. So let's get into this. Uh, open your Bibles again, if you, if you close them, to Ephesians chapter 6. and um, Let's get into Paul's final exhortation here. Here we are, Ephesians chapter 6. Let me read again. I'm going to read these two verses, 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, I saw my doctor uh, last week. And he's always surprised to see me because the last time I saw my doctor was 2014. And he told me, he told me, your body is changing. You've got to be aware of this and you've got to start doing the things you need to do at this time. Well, you know, here we are in Ephesians chapter 6, and Paul is pretty much saying the same thing. What he's saying to the, the Christian world, he's saying, there's a battle going on. You need to, to be aware of this, and you need to be prepared, and you need to do what needs to be done. The author of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. When we think about being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, that rests upon our faith. Our faith. Is God present in my life? Can his presence and power actually make a difference in my daily living? See, Paul exhorting the believers to do this because there is a war going on. So Paul puts the responsibility on us. Put on the full armor of God. He's saying, do this. Put on the full armor of God. I'm telling you something, what's going on? Do this. Put on the full armor of God. Why? So we can stand against the plan. We can stand against the scheme. We can stand against the attacks of our spiritual enemy, the devil. What? You're thinking, what? Wait a minute. Don't I have enough stuff in my life? Oh, my gosh. You know, with the world going on the way it is, you know, when you think of the economy, well, everything's up and down. You think of terrorists around the world. Look at the Lakers. I mean, what a mess. Look at verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, 
against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I guarantee you, if you take this to heart, if you really believe this, it is a life changer. It's a life changer. It takes Christianity from sitting on a picnic blanket with Jesus and takes that Christian right onto the front lines of a war that Paul is talking about right here, a battle against Satan. See, one of the schemes of Satan is to keep you spiritually and mentally on that picnic blanket. Let's look at what he's talking about here. He gets right into now the armor of God. Look at verse 13. Therefore, why is he saying therefore? Because before that he says, hey, there is a war going on. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. And it goes on to stand firm. Now, because you are aware of the spiritual realm, and that's what Paul's saying, because you're aware of this now, I told you you have no excuse. I told you there's a war going on. Because of that, put on the full armor of God. And we can imagine Paul wrote this while looking at a Roman soldier. Because if any of you, you know, if you understand the background of the Bible in regards to where Paul was when he wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus, he was most likely in a Roman prison. And you can imagine, he's in a Roman prison, and what's right outside his door? A Roman guard, probably in full-dress uniform. And here is Paul trying to write this letter to the church in Ephesus, and God's inspiring him to communicate all these incredible spiritual truths. And, he's, and right out there, right in his peripheral vision, he says, wait, wait, here's this guy. Here's this. And he starts writing in. How can he communicate spiritual warfare? He's looking right at a warrior. So, why put on why put on the armor of God? Not to attack. Paul say not to attack, but to stand your ground. Not to waver, but hold fast to what the Lord has already given you. And that is that victory. God's already given us a victory, right? We know it. Jesus on the cross has already given us the victory. Paul saying, come on, man, be ready, because you're going to come under attack to just stand your ground, to just hold on to what you believe and keep moving forward. And you guys know how hard that is. It's not easy to keep moving forward in your spiritual life, and you know how hard it is at times to even stand your ground on what you believe. You start to waver. Tough things happen. Crises face you, and you start to waver a little bit. And Paul saying, hey, wait a minute. We all know that's going to come. You know, there's nothing new under the sun when we talk about world history and Paul's saying, look, to stand your ground, put on that armor of God. And what is the heart of Satan's strategy? To make you useless. To make you useless in God's plan for this world. To make you useless in, in, in you being that ambassador, you being that soldier for the Lord. To keep you on that picnic blanket. To keep you out of the game. 
So Paul says, look at verse 14. What does Paul say? Where is that? Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Talking about a belt of truth. What is this for? Much more than hold up your pants. That belt of truth refers to God's truth, God's principles. For you to have God's principles in your life. Why? So, so we can confidently live life wearing what? The breastplate of righteousness. Right? The breastplate of righteousness. It talks about it right there. Round your waist with the stand firm on, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness. See, we can we can get we can have Christ in our life. What Paul is talking about here, when we talk about righteousness and salvation, realize there are a couple of things here I'm going to talk about, and that's sanctification. One thing, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are positionally saved. In other words, you are, you are in Christ. You are saved. God sees you as one of his. You're one of God's kids. But that's your position, your spiritual position in Christ. What Paul is dealing with here deals more with your practical sanctification. In other words, living out what you believe. And to live out what you believe means you've got to understand the book that's on your lap right now. You've got to understand the scriptures that we refer to. You've got to understand that because that's the only way you can really live a righteous life. And what do I mean by a righteous life? That is a life that is pleasing to God. Then you can wear that breastplate shiny and gleaming and be proud of it. You are not only righteous in Christ, but your life is going down that path of holy living to live that life that pleases God. See, Satan doesn't want you to be light in the darkness. Satan just wants you to blend in with the darkness. Really? That's what it's all about. That's what for him, that's what he wants from you. Not stand out. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about readiness because of the gospel to stand firm, but also readiness for the gospel. What do you mean readiness because of the gospel? That means that you may wake up someday, or maybe I go to, to see my friendly doctor, and he gives me some news that just kind of floors me. You start up your car and you drive down the street and something happens that just changes your life. What's going to happen? Paul saying, man, be ready with the gospel. Be ready with that truth in your life because when those things do strike and Satan's going to start to put things in your mind like, is God really with me? Does God really love me? Why did this happen to me? That truth is going to come up in your life. That truth's going to be on the forefront of your mind. That truth's going to invade your heart and you're going to hang with the Lord. You're going to be ready with the gospel. It's kind of like firemen. You know firemen? Have you ever been in a firehouse? If you go in a firehouse and you look at their beds, their boots are right next to their bed. They're ready, man. They're going to jump into those boots and off they go. 
They're not going to have to look around for it. It's going to be automatic. That's what Paul's talking about here, readiness with the gospel, but also readiness for the gospel. That means when you start to have God's truth in you, in your mind, in your heart, you're living it, and you just keep at it. It's not to say you have to just work at memorizing, memorizing. No. If you just keep the word in front of you and just enjoy it, you will be surprised on how much God will bring to your mind and heart at that right time, and you are going to be able to speak wisdom. You're going to be able to speak truth into the life of someone, into a situation that God may put you in later on. To be ready. To be ready with the gospel. Let's go. He's going to talk about the shield of faith. Look at 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can ex- extinguish all the flaming angle arrows of the evil one. What are the flaming arrows, the flaming darts, those things in life that can lead you to question, is God real? I was talking to a guy the other day, and he's a, he's a professor at UCLA. Man, he just, he just, he's way out there. He's just way out there talking about the religion and what it's done to the world. You know, and, and I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, this poor guy. He's just, he, his, he's, just, he's just almost like, you know, he takes that spiritual part that God's implanted in and just, just kind of locks it away somewhere, or pushes it aside. These spiritual darts are things that, that, that can cause us to, even the Christian, to question, does God really love me? Those times in our life when we're facing things that are maybe insurmountable at the time when we think about it or, or face it. Or maybe it's just the run of life. Life is so, so fast-paced and, 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 and so different from God's truth in so many ways that we can have a... a, a kind of drift aside and say, man, I don't have time for God. For before, you may have been into his word regularly, but you haven't picked up a Bible between Monday and Friday for a long time. See, those activities are time killers, and they can kind of quench your life with the Lord. Look at verse 17. See, Paul's saying, beware of those flaming arrows, beware of those darts. And in 17, and one of the ways you can be aware of it is 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. Uh, and you guys play football, okay? Uh, I, I played football in high school. And man, it's, it's interesting. When you play football and you put on a helmet, you just kind of feel like, nothing can hurt me. And so, man, you do stupid things with your head. And that's why there's so much concussions these days. You can you start running into guys and knocking heads. And you'd never do that without your helmet, right? But you do that once you put that helmet on. And you know what the helmet of salvation does? In some ways, that's what it does for us spiritually. That helmet of salvation is that, uh, that assurance or that, that really faith that you have in understanding the reality that heaven's waiting for. I have to be honest, because I know heaven's waiting for me, I'm willing to do certain things with my life here on earth. If I didn't believe that, I don't know if I'd make the decisions I've made here on earth. But I do believe that. And because we do have that, 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 that salvation waiting for us, it kind of uh, frees us. Maybe give our life 
in a little different way for the Lord. But also that helmet of salvation, I believe it refers to protection. And I believe that salvation is one of the greatest joys when we have a full understanding of its reality. Of the, that's the, one of the greatest joys for the Christian. To understand without a doubt that when you take your last breath here on earth, your next breath is going to be in the presence of the Lord. That reality and that helmet of salvation is maybe that protection that God gives us but doubting that. Helps us, helps us hold on to it. Then the sword of truth. It doesn't mean to memorize this book like I said, but to read it and take in that truth and be ready to use it. It's just like a sword that would hang on the waist of a, of a soldier. He's not using it all the time, but it's right there, ready to pull out. And that sword of truth, we want that wisdom, we want that, 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 that spiritual understanding that God can give us to aid us in our relationships with people around us, to help us to make right decisions for our loved ones, our kids, our loved ones, and, and work or whatever it might be. But that truth that can only come from his word, that sword of truth, be ready to use it, have it handy right there at the forefront of our mind. And finally, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. You know, when we talk about the spiritual realm, you will never grow, you will never spiritually mature unless you develop an enjoyment of prayer. That's just basic. Prayer has to be a part of the Christian's life for them to keep going forward and enjoying that relationship with God. Now, some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't done that in a while. It's okay. Start it going. You know, one of the things, the wonderful things about Christianity, God just loves us and is so patient with us. The Christian life is just a series of new beginnings. So if you haven't been praying, hey, start praying. Start praying. Start moving in that direction. But understand how important prayer is. So the bottom line here of Ephesians 6, Paul is saying, put on the armor of God. Why? To stand firm. Get in the game. Live for God. Be prepared. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Let's pray. Father, as we now prepare for the Lord's Supper, Lord, just, just kind of prepare our minds and hearts in remembering all that Jesus has done for us and what it really means to us, not only here on earth, but for all eternity. In his name we pray. Amen.